Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake, and thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the NBA draft and looking at the teams at this point in the season. It is um, a little bit after the All Star um, break, uh, looking at how teams are doing in the bottom half of the NBA and where they stack up in terms of the. Um, NBA draft and um, just pretty much um, if teams have protections on their picks where those will um, end up if uh, they do convey or not and so um, yeah basically we are going to be looking um, at uh, that so let's get uh, let's get started so first um, you know let's see where everyone sits the worst uh, the worst team right now at this point is the Minnesota Timberwolves, who look like, uh, just based off of standings, they are going to be the number one overall pick. Obviously, um, that is something that um, is up in the air, obviously, with the NBA draft uh, lottery. Uh, every year, it kind of fluctuates, um, and so we don't know exactly where they'll go, but they have, at this point, the best odds for the um, that pick, and so, um, you know, that's where they need to be, um, as we all know, Andrew Wiggins and a top three protected pick in 2021, which becomes unprotected in 2022, got traded for D'Angelo Russell, which, at the time, that's a move that they wanted to make to bring in a guy who's a good point guard and a friend of Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins has played very nicely, uh, playing now in Golden State and has been a good part of their team. And you have a pick which could go to Golden State if it's top three. Uh, or if it's, I should say, four through anything else. It probably won't be anything lower than six at the most. Um, and so the Timberwolves have to keep playing with this, you know, number one spot when it comes to the lottery odds. Because if they drop, let's say a few teams get a little bit higher up on the list then the chances of Minnesota keeping the pick this year, they go down. Because if you're the number one, if you have the best odds at getting the number one overall pick because you're the worst record, then you have one, two, and three to worry about. But if you're already slated at number three, then the odds, I think the odds are still the same, but you know there's a chance that you could slip all the way down to six or you could slip to seven. And so... You know, I think the Timberwolves have to be worried about that. So they have, um, you know, that situation to deal with. Um, and so they really, um, you know, have uh, have to really uh, look at that. Now we have uh, the worst team in the Eastern Conference, uh, which I believe is our, um, our number two on the, the docket here, um, which is the Detroit Pistons, who at this point... They just have a bad team, and their team just has been making mistakes after mistakes. And, um, you know, it's one of those things um, that just, uh, it doesn't really work um, well. You know, a lot of their players aren't going to help them um, in the long term. And a lot of their signings, I thought, besides Grant, were a little questionable. Um, But their team overall is not... um, not um not bad and so um you know i guess uh 
you know, that's uh, their situation. So there is a chance that maybe, maybe they, um, you know, could uh, get the number one overall pick. Um, uh, I don't know where they'll stand, but they're right now the second worst record with the, I guess you could say second best odds. Although now with the new sort of changing, I think the top three are all at the same odds. So one, two, and three in terms of the lottery all have, I think, 14% odds rather than what it once was, which was the number one pick has the 25% odds. Um, so there's that. Then we have another team that really, like um, the Timberwolves, is um, got to watch where they're going here because they have um, a chance to lose this pick. They are the Rockets. So the Rockets basically traded away James Harden, added draft picks. Uh, they're rebuilding. Looks like Oladipo could get moved. Um, they've had injuries to Eric Gordon now. Uh, they have uh, Christian Woods injured for a little bit. You know, they got guys like P.J. Tucker who aren't playing because he's going to get traded. Daniel House and Ben McLemore could get traded. Dave Nuaba could get traded. Um, their team is basically going all the way down the rabbit hole, and rightfully so because they have a uh, pick this year, which is top three protected. And then it becomes, if it's number four, um, a pick swap. So Oklahoma City owns those rights, and Oklahoma City is right now, I think, somewhere in the, I think, seven, eight, nine range. Um, Oklahoma City's record um, puts them um, at about, uh, actually, they're at like, uh, yeah, eight or nine. So. Um, that means that if, for example, the uh, Houston Rockets get the fourth pick and Oklahoma City gets pick number nine, then they're going to obviously swap and Houston, who has the worst record, is going to get the ninth pick rather than the fourth pick. So for Houston, like Minnesota, they got a lot riding on this where they need to get a top three pick or else it goes somewhere else. Um, in the case of the Rockets, though, it's only a pick swap, which is a little bit better than the Timberwolves case because the Timberwolves don't get anything out of it. It's a pick going to Golden State, and they get nothing in return. So at this point, the Rockets aren't as um, aren't as in of a bad situation, but most people say this is one of the best drafts coming up, and uh, whether or not that stands true, the Rockets would love to have a top three pick, top five pick, if they can. So... They need to get a top three pick or else most likely the pick is going to be swapped. Unless Oklahoma City somehow gets the first pick, second pick, or third pick based off of the, the lottery odds. Um, just ping pong balls going in their favor, then the pick wouldn't even convey anyways. They Rockets would keep their own pick. So if the Rockets got the fourth pick, it would most likely go to OKC unless they were able to bounce up from you know where they're seated which is nine, eight, nine, ten range, all the way up to, um, let's say they get the second pick, just because the ping pong balls bounced in that favor, then obviously Houston gets to keep their pick. But um, again, they're kind of, you know, got to see what's going on, and hopefully they can uh, get a top pick. Then we have um, who would be, at this point, our four. I believe that would be um, the Orlando Magic, who... I think Orlando can try and get worse if they trade away guys like Vucevic and Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross and Aaron Gordon. They are a team that just 
surprises me in so many ways because they have a group here that they try to make or they've tried to make a playoff team and be a successful playoff team for a little while. They've had Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and Terrence Ross, and Vucevic for a few years now together trying to make this work. Vucevic is a two-time All-Star, and I think if he wasn't there, they'd be much worse. I don't know if he's getting traded. Sounds like he's not. Um, they got a guy in Mobamba who's basically a bust at this point. You got, you're not giving him enough minutes to show for what he's uh, worth, so... In my opinion, there's a good chance that Orlando stays where they are. Maybe they get a little bit better. Maybe they get a little bit worse. Who knows? Then we had the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, who at this point um, would be the five seed. So Cleveland would be the five seed, which is, I believe, where they were last year. The Wizards would be the six seed, uh, which that could change if they go on some sort of um, crazy win streak. And then um, you have um, the seven seed, which is the Sacramento Kings. And then uh, the eight seed, at this point, you have the Thunder, the Pelicans, and um, those two uh, right there have um, uh, the eight and the nine in some form. I think the Thunder are the eight, Pelicans are the nine because um, of tiebreakers or whatever. Um, so that's uh, their situation, and then you have the 10 seed, which at this point is the Raptors, then the 11 and 12 seed is the Pacers and the Chicago Bulls, but that could change um, because the way the Eastern Conference is, um, there is a lot of teams that are all kind of bunched up together um, between Chicago, the Pacers, the Raptors, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Hornets. Um, the Celtics, who are the five seed, and even Miami, who's the four seed. So, uh, yeah, we don't know too much on the Eastern Conference on that front. Maybe, you know, the seeding and stuff can can eventually change. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the draft, the two biggest teams that really have a lot riding on it at this point are the Timberwolves, who could lose their pick in a very good draft, and the Houston Rockets, who could have a pick swap in a very good draft. Now, um, you know, I think uh, the Rockets um, are just trying to, um, you know, compete for that number one uh, draft pick, trying to get the worst record. They got a lot of players who are hurt and, you know, some moves that will potentially be coming at the deadline maybe. And so, yeah, they're, um, they're setting themselves up like the Timberwolves to be um, one of those uh, – three or four teams in consideration for the number one overall pick just based off of standings alone obviously the draft lottery is a whole different ball game uh right there so looking at some of the potential uh choices here um i don't really uh know too much at the moment on these guys but um one of the biggest names is Cade cunningham of oklahoma state who is um playing very well their team is uh is doing very well um, in college basketball, making the the March Madness tournament. Um, then you have uh, the best team in basketball, uh, college basketball at least, uh, Gonzaga. You have their point guard, Jalen Suggs, who is uh, looking at um, a top uh, three, three or so pick here. Um, you have the uh, next guy, Jalen Green, who is a shooting guard from the G League Ignite. Um, and a lot of people uh, are looking into this two-way prospect. Uh, 
right there. Um, then we have um, Evan Mobley, who is a center from USC, who looks uh, very good, high basketball IQ. Um, so someone who, depending on what team, um, could be a good fit. Then we have uh, the next guy here, which is um, Jonathan uh, Kuminga, who is a G League forward G League Ignite, um, and um, I think, uh, you know, these guys, uh, two of them have skipped the college game and going to the G League, which uh, I don't know if that's going to work or not, but um, I guess a lot of international players don't go to college. They play overseas, and it seems to work out for some of them, so this could work out for some of these guys. Um, in terms of the uh, guys in college, I haven't watched too much on these prospects but now that we're getting towards the March Madness tournament I'm sure I'll see a lot more um, just from watching the games then we have uh, the sixth sixth best guy on this list Scotty Barnes small forward Florida State who uh, Florida State's having a pretty solid year six foot nine um, with a seven two wingspan then we have Arkansas small forward Moses Moody uh, six foot six um, 3-and-D wing, um, who uh, could have uh, a good, solid basketball IQ. Then we have Tennessee guard, uh, shooting guard Keon Johnson, um, who looks like uh, he could have a lot of uh, potential. So, uh, yeah. Then we have, um, also from uh, Tennessee, Keon Johnson was a shooting guard, and Jaden Springer is a point guard. So um, the backcourt right there, um, both of those guys uh, could have a good um, good run at it or could be top uh, draft choices. Then we have the 10th best uh, guy on our list, James uh, Buke Knight. I'm probably saying that wrong from Connecticut, shooting guard. Um, he's got um, a good uh, shooting stroke and could uh, be a good, um, you know, wing uh, good shooting guard so uh, right there then we have um, Sharif uh, Cooper point guard from Auburn uh, a lot of point guards um, very uh, flashy point guard um, and uh, someone who's very good at uh, perimeter shooting um, and this is just from a bunch of different articles looking at um, some of these prospects um, then we have um, Next is Zaire Williams uh, from Stanford, small forward, uh, an athletic wing, uh, and uh, a 3 and D sort of wing. Then we have Memphis Grizzlies, um, small forward uh, from Michigan, Franz Wagner, who is the uh, younger brother of Mo Wagner, who plays for the Wizards. So he's on that list. Then we have uh, number 14, small forward Corey Kispert. From Gonzaga, six foot seven. Um, obviously, Gonzaga's the best team in uh, college basketball, so um, you would expect some of their players to be near the top of the draft. Uh, these are just some of the names, and this is um, just um, you know some of um, what uh, will be available. Obviously, one of the great things about March Madness is you get to see players that are. Um, not really on the radar and they can move up people's draft boards and so there's obviously going to be a lot of movement from 
pre and post March Madness in terms of the draft just because players will surprise themselves or bring their value down just how things go so um, in my opinion that's just some of the big names and um, it all depends on a what team gets the certain picks and b how good players do just for the rest of you know the season and so obviously if a team like Minnesota gets uh, the number one overall pick. They don't need a point guard because they have D'Angelo Russell, but there are other teams out there, maybe Houston. Yeah, John Wall is their point guard, but he's not the future of the point guard. Maybe they go after a point guard, and uh, he is the future. So it's all fit as well, um, and so, yeah. So at this point, um, again, this is fluctuating um, the sort of draft situation Um there is a whole host of factors that go into it, and obviously the season hasn't ended, so this isn't an official sort of list. And then when you get the draft lottery, that just changes the whole thing um, 100%. So who knows how um, that will all um, all go. So yeah, that's going to be uh, kind of an early look at the NBA draft, uh, one of those things where... Um, you know, we're not going to know until it happens. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Then we are going to be looking at um, some other NBA news. And we are going to be looking at um, some other stuff going on within um, the league at this point. And so we are going to uh, kind of uh, look at all of the other news. So... Next, we're going to look at this um, Jeremy Grant rumor that uh, I recently uh, heard about. I read a few articles dealing with this, and it was about Jeremy Grant and the Boston Celtics. And apparently, there are rumors that, um, from multiple sources, that Jeremy Grant and the Celtics, the Detroit Pistons, have been in contact with Boston, and apparently Boston has offered multiple first-round picks. It doesn't mention how many, two, three, four, how many... But I'm assuming it's either two or three, depending on the situation. Um, so I don't know if that's 100% true. I know Jeremy Grant is someone that they've had interest in. I know he is someone who's having a great season. I know, uh, you know, the way that the Pistons are, they're open to, I'm sure, every conversation with any player not named Killian Hayes or Demboya. I think um, those two guys are off limits, but... A lot of the other veterans and other guys who don't really fit are probably on the table. And yes, Grant's having a great season, but he doesn't fit their timeline, you know. So there is a chance that he could get moved. And so if the Celtics are offering a couple of draft picks, most likely they'll be somewhere in the 23 to 28 range. But if the Pistons want a couple of picks and maybe a younger player or two to throw in there, then I think you could try and get something done. Do the Celtics need a wing of that caliber? Not exactly, because they do have Brown and Tatum. But I think, you know, Tice and Robert Williams have done enough at the center position to make them not question the center position at this point, in my opinion. So adding in another wing always is a good move, because now you can do Tatum, Brown, and Grant in the starting lineup with Robert Williams and Kemba and have Marcus Smart off the bench. That's always um, an option. Um, but 
I guess we'll have to wait and see if anything actually comes of it. Um, I don't know if this is 100% the truth and if these articles are true. I'm guessing, you know, it's just preliminary talks and there's no, nothing set in stone at this point. So um, we'll have to see what goes on with Grant. Um, on to the P.J. Tucker side of things. P.J. Tucker is apparently uh, being held out of games because he doesn't want to play for the Rockets anymore. Um, there is, I'm sure, a lot of interest. The thing is, I don't think he's worth a first-round pick. I think that at this point, um, you know, for um, the Rockets, they're probably going to move him at some point. I think he's going to get... Or he's worth two second-round picks. Um, I don't think he's worth a first. So um, if there's a team out there that has enough money to throw him into their mix, then I could see it working. Um, you know, I think he'd be someone that they would be interested in um, moving. Obviously, guys like Daniel House, Ben McLemore, Oladipo, Eric Gordon are basically on the table. Basically, I'd say everyone but Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr., are probably on the table um, and most likely could get traded. I would say Oladipo is probably the hardest one to move. Or maybe Eric Gordon just because he is a multiple-year contract. Um, but I think um, you know there is um, a chance that he could get moved as well. So that's um, the situation in Houston. Then we're going to move on to more rumors about... Um, the Timberwolves and John Collins. So there were articles posted uh, a while ago about um, John Collins in Minnesota. Uh, you know, Minnesota expressing interest in trading for him. Um, and it's something that uh, could really work for them because at the moment they have Jared Vanderbilt, who's okay, not great, and Jaden McDaniels, who was a draft choice this year, who could be something, but my ceiling on him is probably a bench power forward, maybe a six man at the best. Um, and so if they want to get John Collins in there, I think that's, um, that is a, a good thing to do. Now, there are a couple of guys that could interest a team like, um, like the Hawks. Uh, I think the first one would be Malik Beasley. And I think you could easily get something done between that, uh, Malik Beasley, John Collins swap. Um, and so I do think, um, you know, there is, um, something there. I think Josh Okogie's good, but you're going to have to add in more. And I think Culver is the same thing. You have to add in more if you make a deal right there. So I probably don't think this will happen just because Collins, there's no motivation for the Atlanta Hawks to move him unless he says he's not resigning, which he hasn't. So at this point, um, you know, I think, um, you know, that's the situation. Then we have Kristaps um, Porzingis, and, you know, there is um, a lot of rumors going around that um, he might be available. Um, you know, obviously Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle have said they're not talking about trades. A lot of um, executives have come out and said that for the right price he could be available, um, and um, I don't think they're interested in moving him, but I'm sure if the right offer comes up and I don't know exactly what the right offer would be, then maybe the um, Dallas Mavericks move on from Porzingis. I think they do love him. I think there is um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of rumors and, you know, a lot of stuff we don't even know. Uh, but at this point, um, I'd say he's pretty much safe in Dallas. 
Then we have next on the docket Kyle Lowry. So there were rumors that the 76ers had interest in Kyle Lowry's agent. I think said that that's uh, BS. They haven't talked to Philly. Philly and Toronto haven't reached out. Um, and then it got to the point where the Raptors have said they're not trading him. And now there are rumors that say, um, oh, now Miami's potentially involved, which means there is a chance that Miami could get involved, um, which I don't think is the case because I honestly believe that, um, you know, they don't need him. But um, that is, uh, you know, that is uh, one place that if they did decide to make a trade, there's a lot of assets there you could move um, because they do have some picks and they got young players and you know I think there's a lot to work with there but I think Kyle Lowry is staying in Toronto and I think Philly would probably be the spot he goes to if he gets traded I mean they have all their first round picks they got young guys and that's just my opinion then um, I want to look at this uh, final thing which is an article from Fansided which is predicting um, the possible landing spots for 21 trade candidates. So I guess it looks at 21 of the potential trade candidates and where um, where they're going to go or their best spot. So let's uh, look at those, see if it makes sense, and if not, where I think they can go. So J.J. Redick is the first one, and it is Brooklyn that they say he will go to because he does want to go to the New England, New York, New Jersey area because of that's where he lives. Um, I think this one is a pretty good bet. I think the Knicks or the Nets make the most sense. And I think if Brooklyn wants to trade uh, Spencer Dinwiddle um, or if they want to trade Joe Harris, which I don't think they will, we could see this taking place. Um, and so I think um, there is a chance uh, that he gets moved, and it's a high chance, and I think Brooklyn's where it goes. Then uh, the next guy is Lonzo Ball. And they say the New York Knicks. I think that's not going to happen. I think he could get traded, but I do think Chicago's probably the best spot because they do need a point guard, and I think they have um, assets, and I think it would work. Obviously, with Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Quickly, New York is all set at point guard. Then we have uh, Jeremy Grant, and they say the ideal destination is the Boston Celtics, which does make sense, and uh, I just talked about the rumors on that. They also give the confidence meter, um, which basically means how confident are they he'll get, the player will get traded. And so for J.J. Redick, they said 8 out of 10, so they believe he will get traded. For Alonzo, they said 6 out of 10, which means mo most likely he'll get traded, but it's not a guarantee. And then for Jeremy Grant, they say 1 out of 10, which means he's not getting traded, in their opinion. Then we move on to Andre Drummond, where they say the Cleveland Cavaliers, and... The best option is the Lakers, which if he gets bought out, then yes, that's the case. If he gets traded, then Dallas is the best location. Um, and they say 8 out of 10, he gets uh, traded or bought out um, right there. Then we have um, Aaron Gordon, who they say uh, it's likely 6 out of 10, he'll get traded. Um, and Golden State Warriors is the ideal destination. Um I don't really know if that's the ideal destination, to be honest. Um, I mean, they could do a Kelly Oubre swap and try and work with that. 
I think Portland has a lot to offer. I think Boston also could go after him. I don't really know where he fits, and I don't know where his best destination is. Um, but I do think he could get moved. Then they have Victor Olipa, which they say he's most likely getting traded 7 out of 10. Um, and they say Miami, which obviously he's been linked to Miami. And I don't see why he would go anywhere else because no team's going to give a good enough offer. Then we have P.J. Tucker, which they say 9 out of 10 confidence meter he'll get traded. And they say the Milwaukee Bucks. And I actually agree with that one because I think a lot of teams will have interest, but the Bucks don't have a lot of moves they can make because they're just strapped with cash tied up between their three superstars. They can go out and trade about $7 million to get P.J. Tucker and add a piece that actually will help their team. So that one makes a little bit of sense there. I, I think it works. Then they have uh, Nikola Vucevic up next, where they say he's probably not getting traded, 3 out of 10. And they say the ideal destination is the Boston Celtics. I actually think his ideal destination is Charlotte, because they do need a center and a dominant center. I think he could be the perfect player. Then they have Lamarcus Aldridge, who is a um, on their list 10 out of 10, meaning he is uh, going to get traded, in their opinion. And the ideal destination is the Charlotte Hornets, which... Uh, I think that does uh, that does fit. Um, I do think Boston also fits. I think you know Golden State could fit if they can find uh, the right deal. I think um, if he gets bought out, then the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, Miami could be interesting. Um, so yeah. Then we have Laurie Marketing, which they say uh, probably not getting traded. Three out of ten, um, and the ideal destination is Portland, which I think Portland would be a good destination for him. But I don't know if. Um, you know, he's probably not going to get traded anyways, but I think Portland would be a good spot. Um, or um, Minnesota, because they are looking at John Collins. Maybe they look at marketing. Next is Thaddeus Young, who they say, you know, 50-50, 5 out of 10. He could get traded, he could not. And they say Phoenix is his most ideal destination, which Phoenix does need a power forward, and it could be a good move. So, yeah, I think that's, um, I think, um, you know, that's uh, that's the case. And then they have uh, Bradley Beal, who they only really put him on this list just because every other article posted is about Bradley Beal, even though he's not even on the market. Zero out of ten, which I 100% agree. Um, and they said his ideal destination, it doesn't matter. Um, and um, I think Golden State is probably his ideal destination, but he's not going to get traded, so uh, their assessment is correct. Um there is no way he gets traded, and I would be surprised and shocked if trade deadline day comes and Bradley Beal is wearing anything other than a Wizards uniform, because at this point, I just don't see it. Next is Kevin Love, and they say his trade confidence meter, uh, 4 out of 10, so most likely he won't get traded, but there is a chance. Um, the thing is, his contract is just so huge, it doesn't really um, seem like that's going to happen. The ideal destination is the Utah Jazz, which eh, I guess that's the case. Um, why you know they don't really need him though. So I would say Dallas because Porzingis and Kevin Love, both shooters at your big man position, you could trade uh, uh, James Johnson, you could trade Dwight Powell, and um, maybe a second round pick, and I think that's enough to get it done because again. Um, Kevin Love is uh, a negative asset, in my opinion. So I, th I think uh, Dallas would be a spot. Then we have JaVale McGee, who they say 7 out of 10. So it looks like 
it's a high chance he gets traded. And they say Toronto, which I think Toronto does need. Uh, they do need someone uh, for sure who can uh, play that position. So that's a good choice there. Then they have Larry Nance Jr. next, who they say 50-50 chance, 5 out of 10. And the preferred destination is Phoenix, which I do think Phoenix is a good destination. I could see also the Miami Heat. Then we have um, DeMar DeRozan, which they say 3 out of 10 probably won't get traded. And Denver is an ideal destination. And I kind of have to agree with them because Denver does need more wings. And they need a shooting guard who's dominant. And he fits the bill. Then they have Kristaps Porzingis, who is next on the list. And they say 3 out of 10, so probably not getting traded. And the ideal destination is Portland. I think Portland is a great destination for him. Uh, they do have a lot of young players and draft picks. Um, so I could see that as a spot. I think Boston could put something together. I think they might be able to fit him into the trade exception. So uh, I think that could be something right there. Then we have Al Horford up next, who they say 3 out of 10 probably won't get traded. And the ideal destination is Charlotte. I think he's, like Kevin Love, a negative asset. And you'd have to give up draft picks uh, to go along with him, just like Philadelphia did to offload him in the first place. Then they have Marvin Bagley, who is a 4 out of 10 on the list, which means probably not getting traded, but you never know. Um, and they say the ideal destination is Chicago. I think um, Minnesota is the ideal destination, or Phoenix. Um, but I don't think he's getting traded just because uh, he's a part of their future. And despite the fact um, that his dad said he wants him out of Sacramento, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Then we have um, Harrison Barnes, who is on their uh, confidence meter 6 out of 10, which means uh, more than uh, likely he could get traded. I think, um, you know, the Celtics, and that's what they say. Um, I mean, Danny Ainge probably won't do it, but I think the Celtics make the most sense because of the trade exception, and I think if a team like the Kings want to get out of his salary, that's a good way to go. I think the Celtics, though, um, probably won't do it just because um, it's not as good of a return. And as a Celtics fan, and this is just me, I am basing whatever they use this trade exception on, I am looking at it in the lens of the Pacers trade, which is Miles Turner, Doug McDermott, and the first-round pick, which was the rumored offer from Indiana for Gordon Hayward. And if the Celtics get Harrison Barnes... That's 100% not nearly as good of a deal as what they could have gotten in that Pacers deal. And so, as a Celtics fan, I look at this from that lens saying, whatever you do, it has to be better than what that trade was because you gave that up to get this big trade exception. I mean, if you can get a superstar, then perfect. You know, if they were to get somehow Porzingis or another, like, amazing player... Vucevic, um, I think, would qualify, although I don't know if I'd want him, per se. But a big-name guy, then that's okay. But Harrison Barnes would definitely not be worth it at that point. And then um, you have Kyle Lowry, who is the final guy they look at, which is uh, they give it a 4 out of 10, meaning he's probably not going to get traded, but the door is uh, open. They say his ideal fit is Philly. I say the ideal fit is Philly, and we go from there. So... Um, yeah, I think uh, that's, uh, that's that. That's going to do it for this uh, episode of the podcast.